Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. All right, well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And Pilot Season is the show that just talks about the the pilot episode, the first episode of a te- television show. Um, that's all, nothing more. Uh, we watch it, we talk about it, we review it, we have some fun with it, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we usually take turns picking episodes, and this time was was my pick. So I picked the uh, '80s classic, "The Greatest American Hero." <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually, I've never watched any of this show ever in my life in my childhood. I mean, like, I know about it. I'm familiar with. You know, I mean, the, the the theme song is kind of iconic. I mean, right. the the suit, the I mean, everything is. I, I feel like even if you've never seen the show, you kind of know about it. At least if you were someone from like our generation. Yeah. It really hit me that I'm like, oh my god, this show is 40 years old. Because <laughs> I I looked it up and it, it ran from 81 to 83. I think, uh, yeah, eighty-one to eighty-three, three seasons, forty-four episodes. It's not really a long time for a show that I feel like still has a very. I don't. I, th- I think a lot of people still love it. They still have a like a lot of love for it, a lot of nostalgia for it. I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen this show? Yeah, um, I think we. You know, it was like a regular show in our house, but I was really young, so I don't remember anything specific about it except for he wore a red suit Mm -hmm. and he didn't fly very well. And he had this like (laughs) curly, like head of blonde hair. Yeah. And I remembered um, the woman and it's Connie Selica. Yeah. Um, and I think like as a kid, I thought, Ooh, she's pretty, you know, <laughs> basically that's all I really recall from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, me being, uh, just in general, I'm a big fan of comic books, superheroes, uh, that, that whole <clears throat> genre of storytelling. So I, I'm kind of surprised at myself that at some point I have never, watch this show but i guess it was one of those things like it never became convenient to watch it until recently with the advent of everything streaming so i mean yes i probably could have bought it on dvd or something but it was never you know i guess it was just never a a priority for me so i I just never did i just never I, i never really had the opportunity to watch it without shelling out 
however much it would have cost to buy it on DVD, which, you know, I guess I just never was that interested in it to do that. <laughs> um, but for this, I felt like it would be fun to watch uh, because, again, it's like I, I can't believe that the show is almost 40 years old. Um, because, and I'm just going to jump right into it, I think it held up really well. Like, I think, I mean, minus some of the, you know, fashions or hairstyles and obviously, like, the cars are different. Um, I think this show could have, this story could have been told today with, like, very little changing of anything. Yeah, I think the, the, the story of how he acquires the suit, that piece probably would... I think needs some tweaking, but the overall theme of, you know, he's sort of paired up and I think we'll kind of get into the details in a second, but like paired up with his FBI agent, mm -hmm. he has the power of the suit. And even just in the first episode, we see how, you know, they work together to sort of mm -hmm. solve a crime, solve a problem. And, you know, I'm sure that's what we will see in, you know, right. the remaining episodes. So I feel like that definitely, like that overarching theme definitely holds up. We see that in, you know, modern stories, mm -hmm. modern, even like modern superhero stories. You know, we see that for sure. The how he arrives at the suit, I do think probably would need tweaked up to to <laughs> yeah. meet our modern sensibilities yeah. a little bit but you know well I want, so I'll, I'll back up a little just to how the show starts and actually i wrote down that that like the opening really disturbed me because it, it it opens up with um this like a dune buggy chase uh in the middle of the desert and it's a bunch of white armed uh, skinheads. They, I mean, that's what they look like. I mean, that's not what they are, but they look like a bunch of. It's like a skinhead militia, essentially, uh, in a in a chasing down a unarmed black man. <laughs> we don't know who this guy is. Um, we find out later, but we just don't know. And it's it was really disturbing, especially like in in these times of uh, you know civil unrest and you know race uh you know and everything but um and the they're all armed and talking about like jesus loves you and they're like singing hymns and <laughs> it was like really disturbing it was definitely creepy i also wrote down skinheads i mean you're right they were all white and they all had shaved heads mm -hmm. so that seemed like the right word you know right um and one of them did sing some kind of religious thing and yeah it and it was very yeah like jesus loves you but we're all gonna carry these machine guns <laughs> you know just in case yeah and jesus loves you we're probably gonna kill you right so you can take that up with him when you get to heaven right so it was very disturbing for sure especially 
you just feel bad for this guy getting chased. And when they did like a wide pan, you could see just how many yeah. people were after him. There were, I don't know. At least a dozen. Yeah, probably more than that. But he was severely outnumbered, like basically didn't stand a chance. And we we don't see that they killed him, but we mm-hmm. do find out later that they for sure killed this man. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that it was like this was the cold open for the pilot episode. Right. I, at first, for like a split second, I thought, did I turn on the right thing? <laughs> yeah, that's not how I expected this to open at all. Mm-hmm. And I think because I have this very limited memory of what this show was, it was a goofy guy that yeah. flew around. So this was, was not at all what it's I very expected. Dark. Yeah. It's, it's very dark. Um, but then it does cut to uh, to a, a high school in somewhere in California, where we're introduced to uh, Ralph Hinckley, who is the uh, William Cat, who is the you know the main character, and he is a, he's a teacher, and apparently he he uh, he teaches or he's in charge of. Well, I didn't realize this at the time. I didn't. They're on summer break apparently. Like this was summer school, because at the end he's talking to one of his students and he says, I think I'm going to go back to high school in the fall. Oh, I did not get that it was summer. I, I just either. thought it's California. It's like summer every day. Right. That's what I assumed. But, uh, so Ralph, uh, is, um, has the unenviable task of being in charge of what they called special education. Definitely made a note of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, you know, special education means something very different in 1981. Sure does. You're in charge of the hooligans. Yeah. Yeah. It, he said, I teach special ed. And I was, yeah, I, I, I guess, again, I guess that's just what they called it. And I just kind of thought, how, how awful slash how things have changed. Yeah. You know, because you couldn't necessarily call this group of students special ed mm-hmm. today. It just wouldn't fly. And... The way that the other teacher talked about this group of kids, like before um, he actually walks into the classroom, they mm-hmm. have this conversation, and it was like, mm, you get fired for that today, <laughs> but okay. Right. Yeah, and also these quote-unquote kids all looked like they were 30 to 40 years old. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, minimum 25. Yeah, they all looked... They were all like huge <laughs> and developed and did <laughs> yes. not look at all like teenagers. I mean, granted, I guess we're meant to believe they were like older, like upperclassmen or older. Cause again, the, I, I don't know. I just assume that like the, the, the kid that were, that says at the end that he's going to go back to high school, maybe that he was going to be a senior. I don't know. He sure looked like it. Yeah. He looked like he could have been going back to high school for his 10-year anniversary. Well, and there's, you know, they're a rough group of students, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main, I'm not even sure what this kid's name is, but he definitely looks like, you know, he's a 30-year-old man. Tony. He, Tony, mm-hmm. yeah. And he challenges uh, Mr. Hinckley to kind of like a boxing match. Well, well at first, and, he straight up, like threatens to fight him and it, then it was and it's ralph who kind of 
says, fine, let's do it this way. Like, we'll have it... Yeah, so they he kind of... He kind of diffuses the situation, but still says, "Oh, sure, we'll fight, but it's going to be in the in the boxing ring with gloves." Yeah, and it was, it was just again like really weird and like a thing that you could not do in real life. Maybe you could <laughs> do that in the eighties. I'm not sure. Well, yeah. Well, but even with all the gear and everything, like they mm-hmm. had protective, you know, equipment and stuff. But it didn't look like a teacher and a student fighting. It looked like two guys, and Tony <laughs> looks like a tougher guy. Then Ralph, like Ralph is yeah. thin and he's got this sort of a baby face and like all that curly hair is not doing anything to make him look older. Maybe this is just me in 2020, like, ugh, you know, with the hair right. style. But I don't really think that in 1981 it did anything to make you look like an older or yeah, tougher. Yeah, I'm not sure any, you know. how old he's supposed to be. But yeah, Tony is definitely like the stereoty- stereotypical like... Oh, yo, Mr. H, uh, you know, <laughs> he's like the, the tough Italian kid who, you know, then there's like the tough black kid and the tough Hispanic kid. Right. And then there's Rhonda, a.k.a. the trash can, as the one actual teacher referred to her as a trash can. Again, <laughs> you could get fired for some <laughs> of the things that happened. And I, I know it's also fiction, but wow, 1981. Yeah. Rhonda the trash can. Um, so, so you know, he's Mr. Hinckley or Ralph. You know, he's he certainly has the whole tough love thing down. Um, and I, I, I wrote this later, but I, I noticed it early on that I like the I like what they did with his character, with Ralph's character, because he was a nice guy, but he wasn't like a wimpy pushover. Like he, you know, it. It wasn't like people got one over on him, right? You know, and um, you know. Whereas I, th- I think we're we're used to seeing more of a like th- someone else could have do- could have done this, wrote written this show as Ralph being kind of like a meek or wimpy pushover, and then gets the suit, and maybe throughout the series starts to come out of his shell, like he starts to develop a backbone, and he starts to develop confidence but right off the bat i mean his character i think is like fully developed i, I think he I, I really was impressed with how much he had it together yeah um and uh and i did i did write down about his hair I'm like what kind of hair was that <laughs> it was like it looked like somebody who got a perm and then immediately went out into a rainstorm yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like an, that an like, afro. Like it wasn't like a, a white man fro. Naturally curly, and I don't know how to like quote do my hair. Or did he get a perm because men used to get perms? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, I think his hair was naturally like that, but it was weird because, <clears throat> like, the sides and the back were very like kind of full and curly, and the top seemed very flat. Like, not full. Like, he had been wearing a hat all day or something. <laughs> and again, and I feel like we're going to say this a lot of times throughout this episode. It was the 80s. I don't know how much attention they paid to actors' hair back then. Like, male actors. Sure. Women, okay. maybe they gave yeah. a little bit more. I guess maybe... Yeah, I feel like as long as you're a male actor, 
1981, probably as long as your hair was not on fire, they probably didn't worry about it too much. <laughs> so Ralph, so and we again, we find out later, we didn't know, at least I didn't know right off the bat, what he was, if he was actually teaching a specific class or if he just had to keep these hooligans in line throughout the day. But we find out he's an English teacher. And then he says to the class, okay, guys, I got a school van. We're all going to drive out to the desert. Yeah, that part was also, and again, it's fiction, I understand. But and it seemed like a, a complete surprise. None of them knew that yeah. they were going. They were gone from morning until well after dark. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it was like, did you really plan this ahead of time? Did people do permission slips in 1981? Or I thought so. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Again, it's fiction, and I totally understand that. It was just very weird how they initiated this whole, we're going to go out into the desert because I want to show you some things. Mm-hmm. We'll call it geology. And then... How he also drove the van. Yeah, that doesn't fly. (laughs) A school would have a bus driver drive the van. So it was all, of course, you know, but maybe I'm being too judgy because it was like education. Well, well, not only that, but I mean, they, it was just their, it's like they needed a MacGuffin. They needed some way to get them out into the desert. Right. it probably could have been written a little better. Like Ralph didn't have to be an English teacher; he could have been a could have been a science teacher. He could have been a science teacher. Um, he could have said, "Yeah, hey, let's go out and look at you know, look at some plants, or look at the desert, look at the ecology." Today and... is the planned field trip that we <laughs> yeah. already had scheduled yeah. that your parents are allowing you to go on. Yeah, whatever. It could have been a line of dialogue saying, "Okay, I have all your permission slips. Let's get in the van." <laughs> exactly. So many things could have happened. Just that one line would have made me feel 100% better. Yeah. But you're right. They had to get them into the desert because right. this is where the aliens come. Yeah. So And they, they pull into the desert. It's like dark now. Like you said, it's like they left in the morning. I don't know how far they were driving. I assume that they just sort of fast forwarded through the the actual geology. Like we just didn't see him teaching them. So maybe they already amazing did. things about science. Maybe they already did go to the and they were on their way home. Now they're on their way home. Okay, yeah, I didn't think of that. That's a good point. But um, they run into well, the there, a lot of freaky stuff is happening in the desert. The, the van stops working. It's, it has like electrical problems. Uh, Ralph goes to walk to find help, leaving uh, the hooligans behind. Um, and he runs into Robert Culp, playing, who plays FBI agent Bill Maxwell, who is our, his turns out to be his, you know, eventually his partner, kind of. It's like he's the straight-laced, buttoned-up uh, G-man who is there when Ralph receives the suit and we also find out that the african-american gentleman in the very beginning was bill's partner john who was killed so that at least link starts to put some puzzle pieces together and they are they receive kind of a cryptic message through bill's car radio that uh, they have to work together that they're that ralph is being gifted with this suit with an instruction manual and together the two of them have to work to save the planet. I actually liked how them, they use the radio to convey the message. We don't, 
like see any mm-hmm. of the aliens. We just see their spaceship hovering mm-hmm. in the sky and the I guess they're they have control over or reanimated the body of the dead partner um, because that's who comes to the car and you can see he's been shot and mm-hmm. he's bloody and and he's like yeah basically says how he's with these aliens now and they've given him a second life or whatever and I was like yeah. that's a little creepy but okay cool um, so they use the radio to like I, it, I don't know it was kind of cool take like various words as mm-hmm. they change the station type of thing uh, to convey their their message mm-hmm yeah, and, and to go back to the, you know, that this was still a 40-year-old show, I I thought that the the ship looked really good for, for 1981. I thought the, the effect of the flying saucer was pretty decent. Yeah. I was really surprised. I mean, yeah, like the, the effects of him flying are dated, but I felt like they... They they really did some good work as far as figuring out special effects for this pilot episode. Uh, and also to to mention this pilot episode, it's a they call it a feature length, which means um, it was billed or it was advertised as a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, with you know when you cut out all the commercials, it's an hour and a half, hour and thirty five minutes at most, something like that. Um, but yeah, this was and again, this was how they did things in the 70s and 80s when they introduced a show they almost always had like a two-hour movie to introduce it i mean and and we've watched several of these we watched um the fall guy and the a-team like these were both two-hour long movies that that were the that served as the pilot for these shows and you know clearly they've gotten away from that in in modern day Right. I sort of like it, though, because you get more of a background mm-hmm. and in some ways helps you to make more sense of yeah, you know, g- what, you're, what you're seeing. It gives you more story to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I think the last time I've seen a two-hour, and I could be completely wrong, I'd have to go back and look, but I feel like the last time I saw a two-hour long pilot was the pilot episode for Lost. Hmm. Um, but I'd have to go back and check on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so anyway, so he, he gets the suit. Bill freaks out, leaves him in the desert. <laughs> and he makes his way back to the the van where he has some weird exchange with Ra- Trash Can Rhonda, who they, they made it seem like that was a thing, but this was the first time we're introduced to the, the idea of, like, Rhonda having an, uh, like, a emotional thing for ralph yeah i don't know if they felt like they had to show this brief exchange because later like she'll be more involved in the show or something like there is a scene later where um she and three of the guys come over to babysit ralph's kid Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe we wouldn't buy that like why are these high school kids gonna come you know yeah. babysit for the teacher oh it's because they actually like him and have respect for him and whatever she seems to sort of have the hots for ralph and he's like whoa i'm just your teacher mm-hmm. but he he does defend her 
in you know she's she's not a piece of trash she's just she's a person and yeah. like you kind of see a little bit into his you know who he is as a person like he's a he's a stand-up guy um and so i don't i have to assume that that little snippet that we see right before the van magically starts working and they can all go home was just a setup for her involvement later whether it's just the babysitting or maybe yeah, we guess, do maybe yeah. the kids do have a a role in future episodes mm-hmm. i i don't know there's just so much i don't remember from seeing this as a kid like i literally wrote down that i don't remember that there were aliens i <laughs> i don't know how i ever thought he became a superhero but it, I don't recall that aliens like gave mm-hmm. him a suit, you know. But it makes sense. That's why he isn't very good at flying. That's why he's so bad at because everything. somebody just well the aliens just like literally handed him the suit. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we should say about this exchange in the middle of the, de- the desert, and he's with the FBI agent and whatever. He he walks away with the suit and womp 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 drops the. <laughs> you know, space age instruction manual. Right. And doesn't realize that he's dropped it in the middle of the desert. So Mm -hmm. he does not get to read how to actually use his suit properly. He just has to later put it on and see what he can do. Hope for the best. Right. Uh, Yeah. I, I did know that I knew that one of the conceits of this show was that this, the suit was alien in nature. Um, what I didn't know, uh, I didn't know that he actually had a kid in this, and I didn't know that he had he was going through a divorce because I only knew that he was romantically attached to Pam, who's Connie Selica, who is his uh, divorce attorney. I don't know if if they were, and they don't go into this, and it's not important for the purpose of the show, but I don't know if they were if Ralph and Pam were together well no, they couldn't have been together prior because he was married. <laughs> he was Well anything's possible. Anything's possible. But uh, I can only assume that he hired her to be his attorney and then they developed feelings for each other. Yeah, that's what I assume. I I remember her and I just I always thought that that was just his girlfriend. I didn't realize that she was his actual de- divorce attorney Mm -hmm. and even in the very beginning you know she talked to him on the phone about his case and going down to the courthouse and whatever and i didn't really get that they were romantically involved at first i i thought maybe they it was very professional you know like they have this sort of a nice relationship because they've been working together for so long Mm -hmm. or whatever but i definitely wasn't like oh yeah they're they're together until yeah. later where it was very much like well if we're gonna get married and i'm like mm, okay everybody slow down a second <laughs> here what now <laughs> so that it, it was a little that piece was a little for y'all had an hour and 35 minutes i feel like you could have helped us connect the dots a little bit better yeah with the fact that they were in a relationship yeah um his <laughs> i like the the one part where well they they show that the day after he gets the suit he's kind of trying it on and and they but they keep cutting back and forth between him and his son who's sitting in front of uh, the TV watching uh, Super Friends and 
I remember sitting that close to a television. <laughs> that was that was kind of kind of awesome. Uh, and I do remember watching Super Friends too. That was also uh, funny and awesome. And it's uh, funny that they you know that he was watching Superman, and meanwhile his dad is in his bedroom trying on his own superhero costume. Yeah. He he doesn't decide to try to use his powers. Like he 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 realizes he loses the instruction manual and he's carrying the suit around with him um he does have this brief exchange with bill at his school in which bill kind of explains himself a little more uh which i thought uh, again i i thought there it really fleshed out the beginnings of their relationship and it did a good job of both their like uh fleshing out each of their characters where you know, you, you really got a good sense of each man and how they were both like strong in their convictions, but at the same time very opposite each other. But like both respected each other. You know. Yeah. And um. And then later on, he uh, Ralph is on his way to his court hearing, his divorce hearing. Uh, Hits all kinds of traffic. He cannot be late for this this hearing. Decides to put on the suit in a gas station bathroom. Uh, after oh, after unsuccessfully uh, trying to make a phone call in a phone booth, which was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to make phone calls in big glass boxes <laughs> by putting little coins in the in the phone. Uh, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like the the. The idea of like, like I said, I think this was done really well, and it could be done today. They like I said, they would just have to tweak for technology because that wouldn't be a thing today. Right. Um, but he uh, he decides to use his suit for his own purposes. Does not go well. He flies himself straight into a brick wall. Um, police catch up with him. Think he's crazy, and. Uh, just take him straight to the hospital where they assume that he'll just be like put in a psych ward. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess so because they, 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 they kind of play fast and loose with, <laughs> with everything. Yeah. Let's put you in this room. Okay. We're going to strap you down now. Like it was very, like Even, maybe you ask a guy a couple of questions say, before yeah. you decide that he needs restraint, you know? Yeah, And it's like, even though you've literally done nothing wrong, we're gonna we're yep. gonna take you in. We're gonna take you into custody. We're gonna take you to a hospital. We're not gonna read you any rights because you're not technically under arrest. But we're gonna we are gonna strap you down to a table and mm-hmm. and I and again I think this is an '80s thing where like cops were just like automatically like if the show was not about cops, the cops in a show were the antagonist and they were all, like automatically they were like hard cases <laughs> and they were dicks. Yeah, and they're like. Sure, sure, pal. Yeah, whatever. Hey, just get in the back of this car. We're taking you downtown. You know? <laughs> like, they they just, you know, the, the two cops looked at each other like, get a load of this guy. Right. What a loon. Um, what, <laughs> one thing I caught, and, and you probably wouldn't know this unless you were, like, a hardcore um comic book superhero nerd or like a real cinephile but when ralph is sitting uh in the waiting area with all these other people that are looking at him in his suit 
as the police are uh, explaining to a nurse what's going on and then they take him to this room um, he he walks past a couple of guys that look like they've been in a fight a couple of young maybe street toughs <laughs> that's another thing we had in the 80s we had street gangs and street toughs um, one the the, the one uh, black guy says uh, wait I wrote it down he says that's a bad outfit Jim that's a that's like a direct callback to uh, the 1979 Superman movie with Christopher Reeve because um, when when Christopher Reeve or when Clark Kent first puts his Superman costume on um, in Metrop like he's you know there's something's going on in Metropolis he he goes into a phone booth he does the switcheroo he puts his Superman suit on he comes out there's a street pimp standing there with like outside his Cadillac and he's like say Jim that's a that's a nice outfit <laughs> and then Superman like gives him a little like wink and like flies off or something like that but it was like this is like a direct callback hmm. to that and I this I love that that was pretty awesome cool um so yeah eventually uh well uh Pam shows up to the hospital uh Ralph while wearing the suit realizes that Bill's in trouble he can see things that are happening yeah in inanimate objects like the wall or the rearview mirror of a car mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah that a lot of things are probably i'm sure throughout this series are made very convenient for storytelling like whatever you need the suit to do in this episode it's gonna do mm -hmm. um and we come to find out that there is actually a larger conspiracy at play where this uh uh private corporation uh, who also is in charge of the what, what we've come to find out is called Gideon's Army is backing the vice president financially and they are if I'm remembering this right they are conspiring to essentially take out the president so the VP becomes the P right does that sound right right and i guess you know moves forward with this organization's yeah plans they are they are the you know skinhead group right that we saw in the very yeah. opening of the yeah, show yeah we find out that they were called and i i couldn't figure it out because all of their dune buggies had this flag on it and I, I couldn't tell what it was i knew it was their symbol or whatever it was uh, but yeah, we we didn't find out till later. It's called Gideon's Army. Um, so it almost seemed, to an extent, a little bit of like a religious cult or something. I mean, mm -hmm. they have this whole complex, um, yeah, like almost like walls and yeah, you know, almost like fortress type mm -hmm. thing. And um, there's it, it's a little. This this is kind of the piece that sadly because we live in these crazy times that I kind of was like okay yeah like this is some real messed up stuff there's probably people conspiring right now somewhere to like take over the government mm -hmm. I can totally see this piece of it you know um, and then they 
it did seem like the vice president was a little bit unsure. I'm not sure if he's his involvement is completely at will or maybe yeah. it sounded like a good idea and then he was like, "Whoa, this is kind of crazy." That's but he what looked I got. a little nervous, yeah. like I kind of want to rule the country and do this thing, but yeah. hmm, maybe you guys are are a little <sighs> off your rockers. I think he probably felt like things were okay when they were just giving me money and I was giving them probably empty promises. But now like shit's getting real mm-hmm. and they are going to straight up murder the president. And yeah, and then I'm going to be the boss and I'm going to be in their pocket. So I'm really not going to be the boss. <laughs> like they're they're going to be calling the shots and um yeah, and I forget the uh that actor's name, but he's he's a character actor. He's been in a lot of things. Actually, yeah. in fact, um and I, because I had to look up Rhonda, because I felt like Rhonda reminded me of somebody. Turns out the actress that plays Rhonda and the actor who plays the vice president were both main characters in uh, the mini in the miniseries V from the from the eighties. Remember the we watched it years ago. I definitely recognized him, and now that you say that. Yes, I don't he, recall her though. Well, she was. She looks. She looks a little older in V. Not significant. I mean, this is. It was a, probably only a matter of like two to four years. She plays Julie, who is one of the head resistance leaders. She was like a doctor hmm. um, who became romantically involved with Mark Singer, like the main guy. Uh, anyways, so so Rhonda in the, in Greatest American Hero played Julie in V and the vice president played the, uh, alien leader, John. Uh, so kind of interesting how kind of comes back to aliens. Yeah. You know, so let's see what else. Oh, so there's, you know, there's kind of a big scene at the end where they know that the president is flying in to pick up the vice president, at this compound, uh, and that's when they're going to enact their plan to to kill the president, and make it look like an accident. Um, obviously, the president and his you know they're they're coming down on uh, what's the name of the is it Marine One is that the name of the like the president's helicopter? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they're coming in on the helicopter. Uh, they decide that Ralph has to basically fly up at the helicopter and kind of shoo it away, um, which. He does semi-successfully. Um, <laughs> although I thought it was funny because... Uh, well, actually, I don't even know how he did this. Because he grabbed, like, two spotlights from the landing pad. Which I assume were were probably wired in to the, the rest of, like, the electrical system. It's not like they were... You know? I assume, like... That would make sense, yeah. But there were definitely no cords. Yeah. So he, he grabs these two spotlights... And flies directly towards the helicopter. Meanwhile, the uh, Gideon's army, about a half dozen Gideon's army soldiers, come out. And they are shooting at Ralph. But, and and the, the helicopter is, you know, practically hovering over the compound. Because, you know, he says, tell the president we'll be landing in less than a minute. He, They're right, right. there. Um, but the helicopter pilot only sees... Ralph, or notices Ralph flying at them. 
he doesn't notice the half dozen guys on the ground shooting at them. <laughs> well, I don't know how he missed that. Yeah, I, I don't even. I got nothing on that. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he saves the president, and they they arrest uh, the conspirators. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I I love the. Once everybody realizes the power of the suit, you know, he can, he's very strong when he's wearing the suit. Obviously, he can fly and everything. And so you've got just, you know, dozens of these, I guess, mostly guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all carrying machine guns. But I, I love the scene where when, like, it clicks for them what this superhero can do. It's almost like a cartoon. Like they shake in their boots, drop their machine yeah. guns, and run. Yeah. And I have to admit, I found that scene to be kind of funny. I kind of liked. I mean, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of cool because yeah, they started shooting at him, and he puts his arms up, and then they, they realize actually, like it's like he, like they and he realize that he, that he's bulletproof. And. You know, it was kind of like almost like a just this this realization for Ralph, and he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, all right, this is cool. Um, and I'll tell you what what I did like legitimately like directly after that. You know, like when when Bill says, you know, they hear the sirens, and he says they they say to uh, Ralph, you better get out of here. We don't want anyone finding out about you in your suit. He takes off flying, and he's flying over his city. And it, it's like he finally gets to experience what the suit can do in, like, a good way. Yeah, he smiles. Like, yeah. he's enjoying himself for the first time, maybe. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, just a really nice moment. Oh, and then there's a there's kind of, like, a, a scene later on where they... Uh, Ralph and Pam and Bill meet again out in the desert to kind of discuss, well, where do we go from here? They kind of come to an agreement that, you know, that they they need to work together. Uh, and then uh, the alien ship shows up again, I guess, to kind of say, hey, congratulations, we knew you could do it. By the way, next time, try invisibility. And, you know, so we're, like, are they always watching him, or... Right. Yeah, I don't know, like... Is the spaceship gonna? We're gonna see the spaceship a number of times throughout, you know, this series, mm-hmm. or like, are they just using it in this episode to kind of push forward the concept of like this suit does so much more? And yeah. since the ding dong dropped the instructions, <laughs> we don't know everything yet. So kind of like, you know, stay tuned for like more cool features or something. But um, you know, I, I kind of. I was like, damn it, why didn't you just yell, hey, can I get another copy of those instructions? <laughs> like, while they were there, you know. But Well, he did, he, he did, but it, but I guess they started to Oh, they fly. were flying away. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, so he, as the ship's flying away, you know, he, he stands up out of their convertible and he starts to yell and it ends on a freeze frame, which is such an, an 80s thing to do, to, you know, to end the episode on a, yeah, him in mid-yell. 
So so that's it. So that's that's the end of the, the, the of the pilot. I mean, like the the goofy stuff aside, as far as like stuff that you couldn't get away with now or you wouldn't do now because it's forty years. Like I said, I I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was really well written. Like better, I feel like it was better written than most shows that we watched that were from this era. You know, and and better directed. Yeah, I expected it to be mostly because of the just the tiny bit that I do remember, which was like he couldn't fly very well. I just expected it to be completely cheesy from beginning yeah, to end so like I. everything to be just terrible yeah like just a fumbling doofus with mm. everything that he does and he's he's really not like we already know he's like a solid guy mm-hmm. you know um so it is i, I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. i guess i could say there were probably a couple of things they could have done a little bit better um, like I said, with an hour and a half, could have made a couple more connections for us. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was not complete cheese. Like I thought, that's kind of what I expected. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think you could you could watch this today, and I mean, yeah, you'll get a laugh out of it probably because, again, just because it's it's forty years old, but. Um, this this is probably a good show to watch. I mean, if you like, now I, I can't. Obviously, we haven't watched the rest of it, so I can't speak to that. Or if you know, I, I assume it's probably uh, family friendly. You know, sure. Yeah. I, I I'm assume I, I I'm sure they kept the same tone throughout the series. Um, and again, it's only like 44 episodes, so it's probably something that you know you could watch. Um, oh, I, I did find out, so in 1986, they sort of tried to bring it back. They did a, I, and I'm assuming this was a, like maybe another TV movie called The uh, Greatest American Heroine, where they brought back the cast and the basic premise is... Uh, uh, Ralph's identity somehow gets out, and the aliens tell him that he has to find a new person to wear the suit. And it's and he finds a this woman or this you know young woman to to be the you know to take over. Hmm. So, um, okay. I guess it really didn't go anywhere. Obviously, they yeah. they only did the one episode. I guess it was. Um, but again, it was like three years after the show had ended, so I'm not sure what, uh, you know, if they thought they could bring it back or, or what. But, right. But last, they did not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm surprised with, with all the reboots and reimaginings of old shows and properties that I, I really can't believe that they have not, that someone has not grabbed this one. I know, I feel like it would be an easy thing to modernize, and everybody mm-hmm. loves superheroes, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know, I am kind of surprised. I mean, there's been, there's certain properties that have been 
redone and redone and redone again. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, just stop. Yeah. But nobody has touched this really. I mean, other mm-hmm. than greatest American heroine. Yeah. So I don't know. I could, I could see, you know, somebody doing something mm-hmm. with this. I, I feel like a few years ago there was rumblings of a, of a reboot, but uh, yeah, never, obviously never, never came to fruition, but I would not be surprised if at some point somebody decides to, to do it. Yeah. So, um, so something we always kind of ask each other after watching a pilot, uh, is this something you would keep, keep watching? Um, I think I would probably there. So it had a lot of redeeming qualities and, I guess for that reason, I would probably give it a shot. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised if after a handful of episodes, maybe I felt like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd probably give it a shot. I'm just not sure if I would stick with it. I would really have to see how the stories go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, So, yeah, I would would probably keep watching it just to partially out of uh, curiosity to see... Well, you know, who did who did Bill and Ralph go after in this right. series? Like if they if 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 their mission was to use the suit to save the planet. But remember that Bill made a point at the end. He said, you know, I've been thinking about like the Cold War. He was thinking big picture. He was like thinking global. global issues and then he kind of changed his mind and he said you know there's enough going on right here at home that we could fix right so maybe that's where the american part of greatest american hero comes from because Mm -hmm. they're focused on america but yeah i would be curious like what kind of issues are they facing and you know is it um are they like they're in i think la california or in yeah. the la area you know so is it all going to be just you know things that are happening right there in la which maybe could you know sometimes that makes it tough like you know 10 episodes or 20 episodes in am i supposed to believe that all these horrible things <laughs> are just happening in this one city or yeah. you know I'm, I'm i'm wondering if it goes like beyond that specific well, area you know yeah well not only that but like I mean, he's got this suit that he's strong, he's invulnerable, he can fly, he can do all these great things. Eventually, like, are they going to create someone that he can go up against? Like, is, I mean, I'm not saying he has to, there has to be a supervillain. Yeah, eventually, if he's just always going up against, like, corrupt businessmen and gangbangers and whatever, like, it's going to get kind of old. Right. So I, I just I wonder if they eventually give him something that you know he has to go up against, yeah. like more of a challenge. Now, and to be fair, this is also it's it's labeled as like an action comedy, so they can't get too serious with it. I I figure, and the, and it was pretty fun. Like there were definitely funny parts. It was like again when I say it was really well written, I thought the. The comedy wasn't slapstick, but it was like I felt like it was, it was just well done. It was subtle, but it was you know. Yeah. Uh, I did remember that this this pilot was written and directed by Stephen J. Cannell, 
who I think he spearheaded a lot of like kind of action shows from the eighties. So, hmm. yeah. Um, but I guess that's about it. Um, anything else you got for this? I think that's about it. Okay. And I think we would probably both recommend watching this. Sure. At least, at least the first episode. It's, it was, it was fun. Um, so, uh, like I said earlier, um, we usually take turns picking shows. Um, I don't know if you have a sh- next ter- next show would be your turn. I don't know if you have anything in mind yet. If not, I mean, we usually don't say it now. We usually kind of tease it later. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to my list. I have a short list. See if any of those kind of spark for me. Okay. All right. Well, and as soon as we uh, know what show we're watching... We will let you know. Uh, usually, you can find us on all the major social media platforms. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you just look for at Pilot Season TV, uh, you can find our shows on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Our website is PilotSeasonTV.com. And you can always email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or comments. Um, or if, you know, it, it, just in general, if you have any suggestions for shows we should watch, uh, you can always hit us up on any of our social media accounts or email uh, or our website and just leave a comment. And uh, we're always looking for suggestions. So, yeah, so that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 33 of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. See ya.